Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. In this episode, we go through a rapid fire of Proverbs chapter 10, 32 verses. We break that down into five different categories, and we talk through them in depth. So I hope you're ready. hope you had your coffee. Let's dive into this, and let's get through the wisdom of Proverbs chapter 10. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are here for another podcast episode, and we are diving into the book of Proverbs, as we said last time, the uh, the next portion of the book of Proverbs, as we get into chapter 10, and then uh, well into the rest of the book, we're going to have a lot of rapid fire, sort of just um, proverbial sayings and wisdom and things coming at us. And so in order to facilitate that, I have, <clears throat> with Proverbs chapter 10 here, I've separated this out into a few different categories. Um, and so what we'll do is we'll we'll read through uh, the entire chapter real quick, and then we will dive into some of the categories that, that these different verses fall into. I've identified uh, five categories here. Uh, Proverbs dealing with like wealth and wealth. <laughs> with wealth and worth. No, wealth and work. Um, also... Uh, dealing with our behavior, behavioral differences between the wise versus the fools, uh, God's view or viewpoint on wise versus fuel, fuels. Man, I can't, I can't talk today. Maybe we'll just stop right here and just let me figure out how to talk, and then we'll pick it back up. Um, God's viewpoint, wise versus fools, um, how the wise versus the fool will handle relationships, and then also some of the various outcomes and sort of the end of the road for. Um, wise people versus foolish people. I think that'll help us break it up instead of just talking verse by verse and, and you know, talking about something in verse two or three and then talking about the exact same thing, you know, 10 verses later, we'll try to lump them together as we discuss them. So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10. It opens up with the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame." Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. Hmm. 
The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is a strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold of the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth, the mouth, I almost said the month, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Um, after reading that, I'm thinking perhaps we will not read the entire chapter every time, just all the way through. <coughs> you can certainly do that on your own, either prior to or maybe after Going forward, maybe we'll just go straight into the uh, into these groupings and talk about them that way. We're going to go through every verse anyway, so that might that might save some time and just you know, I'm sure your Bible app has people on there that can read the verses to you even better and more eloquently than I can. Maybe even with a little you know, little accent like an English accent or something that just makes it sound cooler. Um, so. First thing I want to talk about is the scriptures that deal with um, uh, work ethic, bringing bringing forth wealth and that kind of thing, because a lot of um, a lot of proverbs actually have to do with these kinds of um, uh, proverbial sayings. Now, obviously, money is not the 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 you know the the goal, the the, the ultimate end, but it is something that. Let's all just be honest. Um, it's important. It is, a, it is a very critical aspect of life, being able to pay our bills, being able to supply and provide for our families, um, maybe having a little extra that we can not just need, but hey, if you want here and there. And the Bible does deal with it quite a bit. Jesus actually talked about money quite a bit as well. And um, because it is, it's a reality. It really is something that affects us and impacts us. And though it's not directly spiritual, things that are in, in the natural that cause us, right, stress and focus and time and this kind of thing, they affect us spiritually. So it's something that really needs to be dealt with and um, rightly prioritized and done in the will of God. And so it's important to have the wisdom of God in the area of work and finance and this kind of thing. So, um, Proverbs chapter 10, verses 2 through 5 is where we're going to go. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to... Oh, that's verse 1. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Treasures gained is verse 2. By wickedness do not profit, but 
righteousness delivers from death. So, obviously, God is stepping back and looking at ultimate profit, right? I mean, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. Well, I mean, if you amass a multi-billion dollar um, <coughs> treasure trove, and it's through wickedness, it's through deceit, it's through deception and lying and using people, right? I mean, that profits in the sense that you got a lot of money sitting there. But ultimately, it doesn't profit. Ultimately, <clears throat> um it's going to lead, right, that kind of unrighteousness is going to lead to a, it's a life of sin, and ultimately it's going to lead to death. And that's why, right, you can have this kind of two things juxtaposed in this uh, in this verse, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. What, is the, what do those two have to do with each other? It's focusing on the wickedness and the righteousness, right? If we If we want to be people who uh, have that ultimate satisfaction that things like peace and joy and meaningful relationships and pleasing God, right, then we need to do things with righteousness. And that's easier said than done. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe that little white lie will get you, you know, get your foot in the door with a major, a major job, a major customer, a major um, positional change at your company that you work for. But, uh, you know, starting off on a foundation of wickedness and lies and deceit is not going to go well. Um, so it is easier said than done, but it is something that we should strive for. And if we make mistakes, we should just, you know, do the righteous thing, go and um, realize our mistakes, repent, and, and move on. Now, verse 3 says, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Uh, righteous people who are doing righteously, right, God's not going to let them go hungry. Now, what does that mean, right? Uh, well, when you're doing righteously, generally you're going to have a good work ethic. You're going to be out there trying to provide. You're not going to be lazy. You're not going to be dependent on somebody else. You're not going to be one of these folks that's sitting around um, coveting what everybody else has, and it's not fair. All the Everybody else gets all the breaks and all that. None of that stuff is righteous. Um, so even just mindset will help us to be able to provide for ourselves, provide for our families, right? But righteousness is all, you know, it's wisdom, it's righteousness. Thinking, you know, you're not going to stretch yourself beyond your means. And that that includes even just the size family that you you might have, right? Some people pierce themselves through because they have, you know, 10 kids and really they can only afford two or three. Um, I mean, that's, again, we, we, need to, we need to walk in wisdom. We need to do righteously. The Bible says, in the New Testament, that if we don't provide for our own, we're worse than an unbeliever. Uh, I mean, the Bible tells us if you're not going to, if you're, if you don't want to work, you shouldn't eat. Well, <clears throat> these kinds of things should lead us to consider before we even get married. Can I, can I support a family? Can what's the financial picture going to look like? Right after, during, right? Is that going to cause undue stress and harm and, and, and problems? Then maybe I should go change my ability to bring in income before I get married to someone. Um, you know, married couple, we're going to, we're thinking about having children. Well, are we going to think about the financial picture there? Can we feed them? Can we provide for them? How many of them can we provide for, right? These are the kinds of things we need to be thinking about. The Lord doesn't let the righteous go hungry. 
Uh, but sometimes, you know, the self-righteous or the people acting out of foolishness at the time, they will go hungry. And that's not to say every time somebody's going hungry that the Lord has abandoned them or something like that. Uh, I think if people are part of a loving local fellowship, a body of Christ where they are connecting, giving, serving, and, and submitting to that local fellowship, um, and someone truly comes on hard times, and the church looks at it and says, look, this is not you know, your seventh iteration of hard times. Maybe there's something else going on here, but hey, you know what? At that point, the body of Christ should be coming together and helping and supporting uh, those who are members in good standing, we'll say, part of that kingdom fellowship. So again, how does God not let them go hungry? Well, he plugs them into a body, a local fellowship, where if they're doing their part, then they, when times are rough and, and difficult, they will be helped. So we shouldn't think of scriptures like this as a thinking like, like God's going to send down manna out of heaven. Well, you know, he could, but first he might say, hey, wait a minute, why aren't you plugged into a local fellowship where you're connecting, serving, giving, submitting, right? You need to be doing that. And in that context, maybe we'll be helped. So then he says, uh, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. You know, God is not for the wicked. It, wicked people can get away for a little while, but ultimately, I mean, in the end especially, it just ain't going to be good. And we need to keep that in mind and do righteously. Uh, verse 4 gets a little more, uh, little more like, in-depth, just detailed into the practical nature of Proverbs, which I just love. A slack hand causes poverty but the hand of the diligent makes rich. There's a, uh, <clears throat> there's a um, saying, I think it's Mark Twain. He said, you know, I, I find in life that the, the harder I work, the luckier I get, <laughs> right? Kind of tongue in cheek there, right? When you're, when you're working hard, you're trying to make good decisions, you're, you know, you're diligent, this kind of thing. All of a sudden, all the luck comes to you, right? No, 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 that, no, it's not luck. What some people would step out and say, oh, some people get all the breaks. Some people, well, maybe they were well positioned that when that quote unquote break came along, they were able to take advantage of it. Um, now, there's no maybe. I, I just say the maybe just to be, you know, soften a little bit. There's no maybe. A lot of times you find <clears throat> that people who are acting wisely and diligent, diligent, they're willing to work hard, roll up the sleeves, do what needs to be done. Um, those kinds of people, when an opportunity comes by that could, you know, three three x their their uh, their income, or five x, or 10 x their income, or it's just an investment opportunity that it's going to make them thousands of dollars and be a one time thing, or whatever, right? They may be well more more well positioned than somebody over here making bad decisions, or they're not they're not working hard, and and working hard will lead to you're going to be storing up extra a little extra in the bank. And that little extra in the bank made them able to invest or reinvest and make something happen and grow and develop. And that's, I mean, that's just a thing. And the word, the word of God is very, very, very keen on these kinds of um, just practical application. Um, the slack hand causes poverty. A lot of poverty is due to laziness. 
or due to covetousness or due to sitting around and blaming everything on everybody else instead of going out there and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe there are some things that you have to overcome. That person did have a lucky break. That person grew up in a family that, hey, they had a lot of opportunities that you didn't have. Okay, well, in um, especially in Western culture in the United States, I mean, there's people that come from absolute abject poverty. I mean, nothing and make make them, I mean, just make an absolute killing out there. Um, we really don't have an excuse. And there's people that have everything handed to them on a silver platter and they blow it. And a, a generation le- later, they're living in poverty. I mean, we just, you know, the Bible just says, you know what? Be diligent. Be someone who works hard. Verse 5, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Again, right? The diligence, the hard work, right? We're, we're making decisions. We're, we're planning out. I mean, the harvest isn't a mystery, right? How it works, <laughs> okay? And we need to be wise in how we do things. We need to be wise in how we handle things. We need to be wise in how we um, put our shoulder to the plow and our work ethic. Um, skipping down to verse 14 and 15, which is where another another couple of verses pick up on this kind of theme. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. Um, and then a rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin, right? You can get into this cycle where you people who have a poor person's mindset, not I don't have any money, but I've developed a poverty mindset. That kind of person gets into a cycle where they can't break out of it. The first thing that has to break is the mindset. No, I can. I don't care what strikes were against me. Maybe I was born with two strikes against me, three strikes against me, right out of, right off out of the gate. <clears throat> but instead of wallowing in it and developing that mindset, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to work hard. And and maybe that first generation, you're not going to see multi-millions. And maybe that, if that's a goal of yours, but maybe you can then launch for your that next generation, right? Everybody had to start somewhere. I mean, every, you know, you take the Rockefellers. I mean, they had somebody at, had to originally be the one that came from nothing. And they all, they did. And yeah, like the Kennedys, right? Well, I mean, okay, maybe they're not, a, maybe they're, Maybe they're not the greatest example because, you know, I, I get it, right? Joe Kennedy was kind of kind of a mobster and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm talking things that aren't illegal, <laughs> you know, working at ways that are um, above board and that kind of stuff. But everybody had to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. And you can be the person that turns it around for your family if you um, abide by the the kingdom of God and the principles of God's kingdom. Uh, Verse 22 picks it back up. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Pin this to your refrigerator. Put this on a note in your wallet. The blessings of the Lord make rich and he adds no sorrow with it. I can tell you I've seen many a person that they, they, they make some money, they get somewhere, they have a great opportunity to build a business, whatever, but it sucks the life out of them. It destroys their family. It, it, it pulls them away from connecting with the kingdom of God. And, I mean, it just pierces them through with sorrow. The Bible talks about <clears throat> the love of money, right? It's the root of all sorts of evil. Um, 
the it's not money, uh, but it's the love of money. Um, and, and I, where is it in the? They pierce themselves through. I can't remember. Is it the same verse? First Timothy six ten. Love money, root of all kinds of evil. Evil. Yes, it says right here. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Some people, right? They're eager for money. They've wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I can tell you, I've seen that happen multiple times. I've seen people, uh, and it's amazing. Some people, like it would take millions of dollars, I mean, real wealth for them to turn into like a, you know, they don't care, they're disconnecting, it's all about the money now, and they're just trying to, you know, they're out there on Facebook, and it's all about, you know, look at me, and I'm so successful. Some people, though, I'm here to tell you, just a few thousand dollars. Somebody gets a little bit of money, and that's what ha they turn into an absolute wretch. <coughs> Now, I can promise you that somebody like that, God is not going to bless them with money. They're, he's not going to bless them with wealth. Somebody that has to, you know, appear successful. Somebody that in their mind, I gotta, I, I, not just be successful. I want to be successful. I mean, I'd love to be a multi-billionaire. I'd like to be the world's first trillionaire. Why not? But I'm not going to go and sacrifice my family on the altar of being the world's, you know, a billionaire, a trillionaire, whatever. Um, I'm not going to sacrifice my walk with God to do so. If God sees fit, as I work hard and come up with business ideas and work diligently and all that, and, and, and it happens, great. But that's not what I'm chasing. And some people, that's what they're chasing. Other people, they really want people to know they're successful or at least to have the appearance of success. Some people will go out and get a crazy high um, payment on a car so they can drive a certain car so people have a certain feel about them or have a certain... Um, view of them. I want to I want to look successful. That kind of person is not someone God's going to bless with wealth. And if they get wealth, it's probably going to be um, with a lot of sorrow with it. And so I, my admonition is to work hard, have goals. I mean, do what, you know, go for it. But remember, the number one thing is Christ and his kingdom, your family. Right? There are much bigger things than way down the list of getting wealthy, accumulating wealth, having generational wealth. None of those are a problem if you have the other things properly prioritized. But if we do it without God, if you do it outside of God's uh, kingdom principles, we will pierce ourselves through with much trouble. Now, going back to uh, verse 6, we're going to get on another theme here, kind of the behavioral differences between those who are foolish and those who are wise. Um, we're going to go to um, verses 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 17, and 18, 23, and 32. So just kind of skipping through. But again, behavioral things. And yes, some of these things overlap. You know, you could say, well, this this is really behavioral and, you know, it could go over here, but this is just how I saw it when I was going through it. So please. Let's uh, try to be organized. That's really the main main point here. Just trying to be organized with these thoughts and not not just ramble on every two verses or so and circle back around to the themes. So <clears throat> we're leaving kind of wealth and work ethic and all that, going to some of the behavioral differences. Um, Proverbs ten and six says, "Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence." See, God wants things in the light. The Bible talks about in the New Testament that. Um, 
those who dwell in darkness, right, versus bringing those deeds into the light. We need to realize that Satan works in darkness. When we try to hide things, when we try to conceal things, when we try, we need to we need to realize whose domain we're starting to creep into. God wants things in the light. That doesn't mean you got to tell all your business to everybody out there in the world. But we need to be accountable to people so that hey, if we mess up, we slip up, we got some accountability partners. Uh, if we <clears throat> you know, start flowing into sin, and we, we need to get ourselves out of that thing, repent before God, but also we need to have people that are loving that we can go, we can repent to, we can be accountable to. These are the kinds of things we need in the church. We need to bring it to light because the wicked conceal violence. The wicked, not the righteous. Uh, verse 8, the wise, oh, well, right, also we got to be careful, especially in, in church leadership and stuff, that we don't sweep things under the rug. Things need to be dealt with. If other people are involved or hindered or hurt because of this, those people probably need to be looped in. Um, if it's something that's just a, it's a single family, it's them, the issue that's not affecting somebody else, okay, at that point, why, does it, why do other people need to know? But it doesn't need to be dealt with. It doesn't need to be just swept under the rug. Oh, no big deal, whatever. No, no, no. Things need to be dealt with. Things need to be brought into the light and handled with grace and mercy, but also God's judgment and correction. There needs to be a balance there. So going on to verse 8, the wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin, right? The wise of heart, they'll listen, they'll receive commandments, they'll hear wisdom, they'll do, they'll change, right? But a fool... I love how it says babbling fool, right? Because a babbling fool, a fool, usually they're all talk and they know everything. I mean, they know everything, right? Somebody who's foolish in business or work, I mean, they know everything. You try to talk some sense into them, you try to help them, try to sit them down. Nope. Yeah, 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 I get that, man. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to go and just whatever, right? <clears throat> Somebody is having problems in their marriage, but they're a foolish person. They're not going to read that book. They're not going to go get some counsel. They're not going to, no, 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 they get it. They know, man, I know what's up. You know, <laughs> I, I, I know everything there is to know about marriage. <laughs> I've been married five times, right? Clearly there's something you don't know. Right? <laughs> you know, oh, I, I, yeah, I know all about raising kids. Maybe we talked about this last time a little bit, right? Oh yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had four kids. <laughs> and then you look at their four kids, it's like, hmm, wait a minute. Two of them are living, you know, they're all 20 plus. Two of them are living home with you. One of them is in prison. The other one's strung out in drugs. Clearly, there's something that you missed, right? But this is how a foolish person is. They know everything. They can't receive instruction, but the behavior of a wise person is to receive and hear and learn and grow and develop. They want to develop. They want to learn. They want to. Right? Verse 9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Again, integrity. Now, I'll say, in a business sense... If you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. Um, you know, integrity is the core foundation. A lot of, um, a lot of corporate and business, um, you know, slogans and you know, core values and everything. They will have integrity as a, as a thing. Whether they live by it and actually follow their core values, that's you know, that's up to them. But everybody recognizes this. I mean, integrity is at the core of what we have to be. Wise people have integrity. Um, righteous people obviously have integrity, and they walk securely because that integrity will secure them. And it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes, but when they make a mistake, they'll address it, they'll identify it, they'll correct it. That's integrity. Integrity doesn't mean never making a mistake. Integrity means 
when you make a mistake, you identify, you move on, you correct, right? That, but those who make their way crooked, right? They don't have integrity. They're going to get found out. Um, God will, in, in a church setting, where, where people are a kingdom, um, they have the blessing of God on them, God is watching out for that place. Um, when there's people operating in the dark, gossiping, you know, having lack of integrity, they're going to get found out. God is going to bring it to the light. Now, they have an opportunity, bring it to the light and repent, and that's good. You've grown, you brought this, you repented, here we go. Or God will bring it to light, and then that person is just going to get corrected, and, you know, whether they actually repent, right? When your hand's in the cookie jar, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Is that really repentance, or are you now just trying to mitigate the correction, right? <laughs> I mean, you're probably not really repentant. Um, and so it's best to bring things into light proactively. Um, so going down, <coughs> verse 10 says, uh, whoever winks the eye causes trouble and a babbling fool will come to, will come to ruin. Um, again, a babbling fool will come to ruin. That's the second time in a couple of verses says a babbling fool will come to ruin. Um, if you wink the eye, right, you cause trouble, right? Winking at things, just kind of, oh, you know, whatever, that this and these things need to be brought in light and dealt with and not swept under the rug. We don't need to be folks who are, um, you know, putting everybody's business out there on Facebook, but at the same time, there's a, we don't have to do that to go and correct and approach people and have um, things in the light, which is where they belong in the kingdom of God. Verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Um, again, conceals violence, right? The mouth of the righteous, it's a fountain of life. They're doing righteously. They're acting righteously. The mouth of the wicked, on the other hand, right? W what's their behavior like? That you know, That's that's what this is getting at. Uh, I've already elaborated on that. So verse, uh, we're going to go to verse 12 now. <clears throat> Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. So, stirring stuff up, right? Covering offenses, that doesn't mean sweeping things under the rug and not taking care of them, right? But but love, it covers. How does it cover? It will bring things in the light. It will correct. It will bring judgment. It will bring correction. But when it will also do so in grace and mercy, restoration, these kinds of things. Now, if there's no restoration, somebody doesn't want to repent, well, guess what? Love will correct and maybe even separate, right? It's loving to boot somebody out of a local fellowship. That is a constant problem and not repenting, and it's been it's been brought to their attention, and they're, you know, they're divisive and this kind of thing. Like, you're out of here, right? That's love. Why? Because at that point, that person, that person can't be reached. So now what do we have to do? Protect the body. What would you do with cancerous cells in the body? Right? Well, you would you prefer to, you know, get rid of the cancer, keep all the cells right? Or like say something like gangrene or something, right? You prefer to save the hand, save the foot, whatever. But but if you can't, it's at that point where it's just impossible to save. Now you got to cut it off. Why? Because now your your interest is not just, is not the foot and the rest of the body. It's just the rest of the body. And so scripture gives lots of, you know, instruction and details on this, but that's, that's the point. Hatred will stir stuff up, loves to gossip, loves to get information and share it and manipulate and all this stuff. But love will cover those offenses. How? Again, by bringing them into the light, by reconciliation, by sharing and loving and correcting. That's what love does. That's how love operates. 
Um, so that was verse 12. We're going to skip down to verses 17 and 18 because we're continuing on the kind of behavior between the two foolish versus wise. Verse 17, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. <coughs> so, again, when you heed instruction, that's the path you're on. doesn't mean you don't ever need to be instructed or corrected or anything. You never do anything bad. Right? Uh, on, on Sunday, I mentioned when you, when you fall, fall forward. You know, fall forward. Try to learn and grow. The Bible says a, a righteous man falls seven times but gets up again. So, Righteous people are not perfect people. Uh, wise people are not perfect people, but they are on that path to life where they what? They heed instruction. They consider instruction. They hear the voice of wisdom, and they change and, and correct and this kind of thing. <clears throat> Conversely, <clears throat> he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Not only do they pay the the penalty. You know, their behavior is not only on them, but they will also lead others. Maybe that's a family, parents making poor decisions. I can tell you the sins of the fathers and mothers. I've seen often the children pay the price. The children are innocent. The children didn't make that decision. The children didn't bring this on themselves. And you watch foolish, ignorant, sinful, wicked parents, carnal, just making such horrible decisions for their families. And guess who pays the price? Yes, of course the parents do, but they're the ones making the decision. And it's kind of like, well, you get what you, you get what you deserve. I mean, you, you made the bed, now, now was it sleeping and laying it, right? Whatever. But the children, it's like they didn't have anything to do with that horrible decision, and yet they're paying the price. And this scripture comes to mind. This scripture comes to mind. He who rejects reproof leads others astray. Don't lead others astray. Don't lead your spouse astray because you're too foolish to listen to instruction. Don't destroy your family, your babies, your kids, your, you know. Don't destroy other people in ministry because you refuse to be corrected and listen and change. Don't do it. Verse 18, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool, right? You got to watch our lips, watch our tongue, gossip is sin. Stirring up strife and slander and this kind of, it's sin. It's straight up sin. Doing that is sin. And there are many, many people who can go to church on a Sunday, put a smile on their face and look the part who are living in sin. And that sin is a sin of slander and gossip and <clears throat> being swift to rush into mischievous behavior. It's a horrible thing. And it's only foolish people that, doing, that do it. And ultimately, right, the fool will be destroyed by God. Uh, skipping down to verse 23, kind of picks this up again. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Again, foolish people, do they do stupid things, wicked things. It's a joke to them. It's a joke. But wise people, right, they take pleasure in understanding and not being foolish. And then finally, verse uh, verse 32 here, <clears throat> the lips of the righteous know what is accept acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. And again, often it's talking about the lips and the mouth and what comes out of your mouth. Jesus said, right, this stuff comes from your heart. 
and comes out. Oh, I didn't mean that. Yeah, you did. That's what's in your heart. Oh, you know, you know, I was just, I need to, I need to pray about this with you, and you know, just want to let you know so you can pray more effectively. You know, you're getting ready to gossip. Okay, um, righteous people have to learn how to hold their tongue and be thoughtful and wise on how they, on the words they use. Foolish people just say whatever, right? The mouth of the wicked, whatever. And that's a sign of a foolish, yea, verily, <laughs> even a wicked person. And so do we want to be righteous and wise or do we want to be foolish and wicked? Let's hold our tongue. Let's be mindful with our words and what we say and consider uh, how we talk to our spouse, how we talk to our family, what we say in ministry, in a church body, all of it. We need to be very mindful. Uh, next up, we're going to go back down to verse 22, and we're going to talk about God's view of foolish versus wise people. Um, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. He adds no sorrow with it. Now, we, we did mention this already in the wealth and the, and the work um, section. But remember, right? God wants to bless people who are righteous, walking in his wisdom. And the people who are foolish, he doesn't. <laughs> okay, so we already mentioned that, but I'm just going to you know say it again there. Then we're going to go to verses 27 and 28, which really bring home some stuff. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Right? God is blessing those who walk with him, and those who are not, he's not. And so we need to get on team Yahweh, team Jesus. We need to be on you know team ecclesia, right? Following the kingdom principles that God lays out so that we can have, right, not just a prolonged life, but also a full life, something that is pleasing to God and something that is a, you know, a wellspring for other people to drink from. And that really should be the goal of every Christian. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Um, our hope is in the Lord, right? It brings joy. It brings things that are, of you know, that are good, peace, and things like that. But the wicked, all they can expect is they're eventually going to perish. <laughs> God, God does not play around. This is God's view on those verses uh, that you know the wise versus the fool. And we need to we need to realize that God is not playing. The only expectation is that they will they will perish. Um, but the righteous, they have you know a hope that brings joy to them. Obviously, the ultimate hope is the hope of salvation, and only the righteous will achieve salvation, the wicked will not. Um, we were all wicked at one point, but right, we repent and we get on team righteousness. So that sort of sums it up. Um, how do they handle relationships? What, is, what are their, you know, the relationships, the foolish versus the wise? We're going to go back to verse 1, and it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Obviously, when we're foolish and not wise and this kind of thing, it, it, it hurts those around us. It, it hurts those around us. Our relationships will pay the price when we are wicked, we are foolish, we are um, people who, who don't want to listen and receive instruction and grow. Um, and then we have uh, verse 7, skipping down to verse 7, also talking about relationships. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. Um, right? Right? Those who, even just the memory, 
right? People who are righteous and stuff. There, it's a blessing, right? We can bless generations and generations be beyond us. Um, but you know, again, a wicked person easily forgotten or remembered only for their wickedness. And, and, and as an example, right, what not to do, how not to be, right? I don't want to be, you know, that person that somebody you know uses in a sermon as a, you know, a, a, an example, don't be like that dude, right? That, I don't, you know, I don't want that. I want people to be able to look and say, wow, you know, they were an example, they followed Christ, and we can follow their example. That's, that should be the kind of person that we want to be. Um, verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Again, Righteous people want to be that spring. Their relationships are, I want to feed people and help people grow. Um, fools not only hurt everybody else, they destroy themselves too. Simple as that. And uh, again, usually as they destroy themselves, they're also hurting and destroying and having a negative impact on many people around them as well. And then verse 26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. So people who rely upon someone who is a fool, a sluggard, right? They're going to pay the price, right? You rely on somebody to do good work. They don't. You pay the price, like smoke in your eyes, right? Um, someone in ministry, you're relying on someone to do something, be something, take care of something. It's just going to be like smoke in your face. Uh that's just the way it is, right? The relationships that foolish people have, um, they usually are destructive. They usually destroy them. They hurt people around them. You can't depend on them. Um, and all of that is kind of vice versa with the, with the wise or the righteous. And finally, we're going to hit the last few verses here that we've not yet gone to. And we're going to talk about the outcomes, kind of putting the differences back and forth between the wise and the foolish. And again, some of this kind of overlaps a little bit, but here we Go. Verse 13, on the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. Okay? When you've got wisdom and you walk in righteousness and wisdom, you don't have as much of that correction, right? The rod, <laughs> right? Now, <clears throat> it may not be as bad as actually giving somebody physical lashes, but again, when people operate foolishly and do foolish things, Correction has to happen, and I've been, again, being in church leadership, there have been times where someone has to be corrected, and there are times where someone receives that correction. Like, you know what? I mean, I've had to be corrected. I mean, who hasn't, right? Even being in church leadership, I've been corrected with a, you know, um, a preaching and teaching team and, and, and elders around me. <clears throat> I'm not perfect, so there are times where, hey, you need to watch out on this, or uh, you need, need to tighten up on how you present that. I mean, that that it happens okay and we need to i mean yeah in the middle of being corrected you may not be like yeah oh happy day but ultimately a wise person needs to hear the correction make corrections for themselves and move on but a foolish person of course does not do that and i have seen people who get corrected and they lose out with god for it you know they, they needed to be corrected they were corrected in love and they still didn't want it right? They didn't want to be corrected. And so when deuces and, um, you know, you just watch the, the, the spiral downward, right? Because if someone can't be corrected, 
then they can't really be effective in the body of Christ, which means they're eventually not going to be in the body of Christ, which means they're going to really be going downhill. And of course, again, all of the scriptures we already talked about apply where they impact people around them, they, they hurt their children, they hurt their family, they, all of it. It's, it's just a, a swirling um, downward spiral of destruction. And I have watched this happen firsthand to people. And of course, as long as there's breath and life and somebody can repent and come back up out of that. Now, sometimes damage is done, right? Ten years of kids hearing poison, 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 and then all of a sudden you're back with Jesus. But but your kids might might have issues that now need to be resolved and take years to undo sometimes. Um, so the quicker we wake up, repent, get wise, get on the righteousness path, the better. Verse 16, the wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. We've talked about this a lot. Righteousness leads to gain, to life, even to wealth and things like that. But wickedness, mm -mm. it's only going to end up in sin, which is ultimately going to end up in death. Verse 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. I love this, right? When words are many, when people just bloviate, when people just, you know, <clears throat> You got all these words, 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 and then you look at action, right? Because we're supposed to, as people of God, we're supposed to look at action. We're supposed to look at fruit. We're supposed to look at outcomes, things like that, right? Just because somebody says a bunch of stuff, talks the right talk, you know, shows up and sounds good. So what? Who cares? Nobody's, who's looking at that? Talk is cheap. Um, so when words are many, transgression is not lacking. <laughs> I love it, right? So when there's a whole bunch of bloviating, yeah, transgression's right there. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Now, that doesn't mean a talkative person's a problem, right? It's just when it's it's all talk, right? We need to be people who are, we have fruit of our lives, fruit of ministry, fruit of our the wisdom and the righteousness that we walk in. There should be fruit. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I love that verse. Um, going down to verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. I mean, it, whoa, God's pretty serious. Little worth, <laughs> right? But the tongue of the righteous, ooh, like choice silver, because what comes off of their lips is going to be things of righteousness and peace, things that are uplifting, things that are wise. And that's what we should want, and that's the kind of people we should want to be around, right? We decide who we're, we hang I ha I choose who I hang out with. I choose who my kids hang out with. I don't want them around a bunch, a bunch of fools. I want them around wise people. Okay, uh, what's that old saying? You can't soar with the eagles if you're hanging with the turkeys. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Turkeys get slaughtered on Thanksgiving. Um, no, no, we, you choose and I choose and we choose who you're going to be hanging with, who the influence are you know, going to be in your life and that kind of thing. And we should choose wisely. And we should want to be around people who have righteousness and wisdom coming from their lips, not around a bunch of fools talking nonsense. Um, verse... Let's go down to verse 24 and 25 now. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. I can't help but think about right the parable where Jesus said, right, the wise person digs down, finds the rock, builds the house on rock, the fool on sand. And what's the difference between these two? The wise building on the rock, that's someone who hears Jesus' sayings and does them. And the wicked... They don't do them, okay? And so what does that mean? We need to walk in the wisdom of God. We need to hear his principles, his kingdom principles. We need to live by them. 
hearing them and knowing, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that, and then a bunch of talk and bloviating and foolishness and destruction. Instead, yeah, I hear that, and I'm going to do it. That's where the rubber meets the road, and that's the kind of people that we need to be, and Proverbs says it ever so eloquently as well. So skipping down 29 through 31 to wrap this up, the way of the Lord is a stronghold of the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. Right? God is looking. He will destroy evildoers. But the blameless, he, he will be their stronghold. Verse 30, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. And then verse 31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. You know, God is for the righteous. He's not for the unrighteous. He is for those who are walking in wisdom, his wisdom. Right? His righteousness. Um, <clears throat> but those who are foolish, when the storm comes, they're going to get washed away. Right? But the righteous will never be removed. And, and this is the thing, is we need to be people who are walking in righteousness, walking in wisdom. And when I say those things, it's God's righteousness, God's wisdom, the kingdom principles, things we find in the scriptures, things that God is putting forth. We need to know them and we need to do them. We need to cherish them and hold them tight. We need to be people that when we hear them, even if we were, maybe we were off track and we hear a little correction or whatever, and it's kingdom principles, we need to say, you know what? I messed up. I repent. Let's get back on track. Let's go. That's what righteous people do. That's what wise people do. And um, I'm not expecting anyone or myself to never, ever, ever mess up, to never do something foolish. But again, when a wise person does something foolish, they wake up, they realize it, they correct it, or somebody helps them to do so, and they move on. So hope this has helped you trying to categorize some of these things and break up my 32 verses. Just a lot of rapid fire stuff, a couple of good categories I think we put those into. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. What do you get out of Proverbs 10? Go read it. What's something that stands out? There's a whole lot here. A lot of meat, a lot of stuff, just kind of rapid fire thrown at us, and um, hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully it was helpful. So, so, so go, be wise, um, be righteous, and we'll catch you on the next podcast.